Welcome to the CNT Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Klein. And it's been a while, but we're glad to be back, and we've got a great episode in store for you. First up, some quick housekeeping. Don't forget, registration is open now for the 2024 Winter Conference. We've got a revamped schedule and a lot of great content in store for our attendees. I'll be the first to say you do not want to miss this event. Go to ARML.org to sign up now. In this episode, we'll talk with UCA's Center for Community and Economic Development, Shelby Fiegel, Ellen Coulter from RDOT, and we'll head to the city of Worcester for another edition of Andrew Morgan's Name That Sound. But before we get to all of that, let's join Andrew for a virtual road trip across Arkansas to visit with this year's league officers. Andrew, take it away. Hop in. We're taking a road trip. Someone's not buckled up. There we go. Our first stop, Cave City, home of Mayor Jonas Anderson, this year's president. It's a beautiful day, and there's a lot to celebrate. Had, like a quintessential, like, small-town moment, actually, if you want to know the truth, because... I'm sitting here, I'm on the second floor of the bank, and my window looks out actually onto Main Street. Like, I can see the future Pocket Park building from here. I can see the library. It's really cool. Yeah. And I noticed, like, we've got a couple of our water and sewer guys were out here on Main Street. Like, they had to dig up a section yesterday and fix some water leaks. So, they were out there doing that. So, I thought, yeah, I'm just going to walk down there and check in on them. So, I went down there and, like, talked to them for a minute. Like, we've got one guy he's 20 we just hired him super awesome kid and uh, so i just kind of you know like patted him on the back i was like man i'm so glad you're here and just like talked to him for a minute then i strolled across the street checked in on the new city hall everything's going good there and then i strolled back i was just like you know it's just one of those minutes like i literally like out loud to myself i said man we have got a good place here next up is magnolia where Mayor Parnell Van, our first vice president, is working with a dedicated team to make his southwest Arkansas city a great place to be. Right. It's, it's a team effort. The team makes the mayor look good. The mayor can't do everything. I tell people all the time, if I could be the police chief, fire chief, street superintendent, I wouldn't need those leaders. Mm-hmm. I could save the city millions. <laughs> but it takes a great team because if they love you, I don't want to. I hate to say they'll put their life on the line, but I mean, if they love you, they'll stand in front of a truck for you. If they don't, it's a constant. There's a problem every day. But I've been blessed since we talked in 2019. I still have got that same great team of people. Yeah. So the older I get and the uh, longer the term goes for me as mayor, my job just gets easier every day. Up in Brooklyn, District 1 Vice President Mayor Kenneth Jones has worked to keep his city's infrastructure on pace with the growth in northeast Arkansas. He's particularly excited about several new parks under construction. Yeah. Yes, sir. We're, we're proud of this. Uh, one park's a fairly big one. It's got three regular-sized ball fields, softball fields, okay. and uh, two Little League ball fields. It's also got a uh, fishing pond on it. It's going to have a smaller playground on it. It's got a walking trail around it. Uh, inflation is again has almost doubled the price of it as what was projected. So it's, we really had to watch our, our our P's and Q's. Next, we head to Clinton, 
where District 2 VP Mayor Richard McCormick finds it rewarding to serve the very people who helped raise him. You know, people want to help, uh-huh. and they want you to do. They don't, they want you to succeed, and that that's a, a really true answer, and that that's a good feeling. And that you know, both of you, that's a win win because you you really want to come through for them. I love it. Let's make a stop in Eureka Springs. It's hard to overstate what a tourist destination it is. I mean, here's what you get when you call City Hall. Thank you for calling Eureka Springs City Hall. If you are calling for marriage licenses, press 1. For traffic fines or district court... Mayor Butch Berry, our District 3 VP, stays busy accommodating more than 1 million annual visitors with the day-to-day needs of his 2,000 citizens. What kind of... what that means on the ground? Or in the ground, as infrastructure may be? (laughs) Yeah, we're not only a town of of a little over 2,000 people with a million visitors a year. We're also a town, uh, a historic town that was, you know, founded in 1876. And our infrastructure was probably built, uh, you know, around 125 years ago, Mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, A lot of the water and sewer lines. And so... We are constantly fighting water leaks, sewer issues. Our sewer plant, again, we had to design it for, you know, the million visitors. We can't design it for just 2,000 visitors. So that puts us into uh, limited resources. The last stop is down in Crossit. After a music scholarship took District 4 VP, Longtime council member C.T. Foster to Arkansas A&M, now UAPB, a job teaching music brought him to cross it. A desire to serve led him to the city council, and he's been doing just that for 25 years. When the position on the city council first became open, uh, did someone convince you to run, or did you decide on your own? Uh, I was persuaded, and a little both. <laughs> a little of both. Well, I'm curious, what was... Uh, what was going on in the community? Was Were there a particular issue you wanted to address as a member of the council? No, I just, just wanted to serve. Get to know more about our dedicated officers in the autumn issue of City and Town, where they each give insights into why they serve and a little bit about the places they call home. It's out now, in print and online, at www.arml.org. Next up, Andrew Morgan checks in with one of our regular columnists for City and Town. That's Shelby Fiegel from the University of Central Arkansas Center for Community and Economic Development. Take a listen. The University of Central Arkansas Center for Community and Economic Development has long worked with local elected officials and community leaders in cities and towns across the state to provide training and technical assistance to help them assess what the needs within the community are, develop plans of action, and then help them achieve those goals. I caught up with CCED Director Shelby Fiegel to find out what's new with the program. We just wrapped up in August our 
2023 Community Development Institute. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though CDI 2024 isn't until August of 2024, um, we're already opening registration, marketing, uh, getting some interest in our year one class. We normally fill up pretty quick for year one because we cut off the registration at 50. So that's always going on with our team. Many Arkansas mayors, council members, economic development professionals, and even just community-minded citizens have participated in the Community Development Institute, or CDI, over the last 31 years. It is considered the premier economic training development program, not just in Arkansas, but across the Mid-South. For a fact that numerous city and town elected officials have taken part in this over the years. Yes, I have to give a shout out to Mayor Gary Baxter. I'm sure a lot of folks listening know Mayor Baxter. Um, He is just one of the most incredible leaders uh, that we have in the state, an incredible resource. And uh, Mayor Baxter is an example of someone that's come through our program. Uh, But yeah, we've had just a ton of leaders, um, especially mayors. Um, Mm -hmm. Cabot in particular, I got to give them a shout out to, and Maumelle, they send a ton of folks from the city and uh, their city council members um, to participate in CDI. We have a lot of chamber participation as well, but I really think it's a great opportunity for municipalities to get that training uh, that they need in community economic development, but also the connections at CDI are really, I think, what makes it a fantastic benefit. Each year we have anywhere between 150 to 200 participants across the state, even surrounding states. And so you make all of those connections, then you're connected into the CDI network, which is, you know, thousands of individuals. <laughs> and I think that's where the magic really happens. Is being- In every issue of City and Town Magazine, Shelby and her CCED team members share real success stories from communities across Arkansas. And there are many more stories to be told, she says. Yeah, and I want to say we are always on the lookout to highlight what great things are happening in Arkansas communities. So if anybody has any ideas, uh, then they want to be featured in city and town. We are always on the lookout to find people to highlight and feature, communities to highlight and feature. And I do want to say if you want to learn more about CDI, you can go to www.uca.edu slash CDI. Shelby, thank you so much. We love reading the success stories that y'all submit to City and Town, and I can't wait to read more. Thanks so much, Andrew. I appreciate it. For City and Town, this is Andrew Morgan. And for our next segment, we've got friend of the podcast, Ellen Coulter. She's been on before. We're excited to have her on once again. She's the media communications manager for RDOT. Ellen, welcome back to the CNT Podcast. Thank you for having me, Ben. What an honor to be a friend of the pod. <laughs> That's It's high honors. High <laughs> honors for sure. But we, like I said, we've had Ellen on before. Super excited about it. But today we're talking about a new customer service portal. We're talking about the Ask RDOT customer service portal. So Ellen, tell me, what what is this? What, what are we talking about today? That's right. So earlier this month, we launched a customer service portal called Ask RDOT. So It's almost been in operation for about a month uh, to the public, and this is something that's been long overdue for RDOT. We we have needed a a central hub to take everyone's questions in and get them answered and and let the public be able to to track where we are in the process of answering their questions. So it's something we've been wanting to do for a while, and it's finally here. Well, that kind of led me into my next question. I was going to ask you kind of how how this got started. You know, you've had your traditional communication forms in the past. This is something kind of a new step for you guys. 
uh, a little while in the making, but kind of talk, bring me back to, to kind of how this got started. So this actually started out as a recommendation from the state legislature. They did an efficiency review of the Arkansas Department of Transportation and came back with several recommendations on how we can be doing things better and more efficiently. And one of those recommendations was um, a customer service portal to track stakeholder inquiries through to resolution. Uh, We agreed that is something that we've been wanting to do anyway. And um, this just kind of was a catalyst for us to get going on it. So um, this has been in the works actually for about two years now. It's been a long time in the making. Um, it's something that seemed pretty simple when, when we, you know, saw the recommendation from them. We're like, no problem. You know, well, sure, we'll create this customer service portal. Yeah, it's something that sounds like it would be easy on the surface, but once you get into it, a lot more right, complicated. Right, And, um, you know, we found this great uh, software to, to work with on the back end of it. But once we started getting into it, we realized the software is not doing this for us. We are creating the entire back end. We're creating all the routing of which employee it needs to be routed to. And it was way more complicated than we expected it to be. Um, so it did take longer than we, we initially thought it would, but, um, it makes it that much more sweeter that it's finally launched. It's got to be exciting to, to kick it off and, and to really get into it and to see it actually start to work for the first time. But uh, now that we've got it up, now that we've got it going, you know, I've seen some stuff you guys have put out on social media. There's there's a video you guys have right now on some of your social channels talking about how you get signed up and all that. But tell me a little bit more about, about how it works. So, so, so what happens when I get into it? Okay, so... You can just go to RDOT's website, ardot.gov, and go to our Contact Us page. And right there, front and center, you'll see a link to the Ask RDOT portal. So you'll click that, go on. Um, It's pretty self-explanatory from there. You'll just say submit an inquiry. And you'll either need to make an account if you've never made one before, or you'll log in. Um, And this isn't the kind of thing that when you make an account, you're going to start getting all these spam emails to your inbox, like, you know, when you have to sign up for other website you know, newsletters or something. This is not that. So don't worry. But you have to make an account um, just so that you're able to log back in and track the status of your inquiry and we have a way to get a hold of you. So you'll do that. You'll choose from a drop-down menu of categories um, that have to do with, uh, you name it, anything that you could have a question on, there's going to be some sort of category to submit under and um, that will help it get to the right person. So you'll type out your inquiry. You can attach photos. You can attach links. And that'll instantly be routed to the correct RDOT employee to answer that question. And from there, we'll just be chatting back and forth with you to try to get to the bottom of it until we have an answer for you. That's what's a really exciting component of that, at least from from on the outside looking in, that you'd be able to have that dialogue back and forth with that employee. Because a lot of times, and I, we talked about it kind of before we got started, you know, when you submit or, or you you put something out there that, that you've noticed as a recommendation or something that, that RDOT would need to know about. You weren't ever sure if it got resolved or it got to the right person, but now you've, you've got that confirmation. Right. So before this, you know, we had plenty of ways to get in touch with us. You could text, you could call, you could message us on social media, you could email us. But like you said, you, you never really knew, like, did anyone actually read that? Are they, are they working on it? And so this is just a more personal way to know for sure that this got through to somebody and you know, see, see where it's at in the process. And I think one really great thing about this is it, it kind of humanizes our agency. And, um, that's something 
really large state agencies struggle with is how to humanize themselves to the general public who right. we work for. I mean, we're, uh-huh. you know, it's your tax ta- taxpayer dollars at work and we want you to know that there's real people reading your questions and that care about getting you answers. That's a, you know, that's a struggle that probably a lot of our listeners would experience as well. You know, as you're working from the city, you know, when, when you hear negative feedback or whatever, or out there in the world, like people don't realize that the, you know, there's actual people behind those things. And so that humanization, I think is really important. And I think this will help a lot with that. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, we see every little Facebook comment that you post, every tweet, we see them all, the good, the bad, the ugly, and um, we really take them to heart. So this is a way actually to formally submit something and and have us be able to formally respond and, and start that dialogue. And we can know, you know, what are you liking? What are you not liking? What can we do to make our road system better? Talk about, so you guys had kind of had some of the, the, the stuff in place earlier this year, but you were kind of beta testing it, right? And so you were able to kind of push a lot of inquiries through it. And then when you finally launch it, talk about some of, some of the usage that you've had so far. What a lot of people don't realize is that this is actually, like I said, it's actually been in the works for a couple of years now, but we have launched this internally back in February of this year. So we've been using this and working out the kinks and playing around with it for several months. And there have been about 5,000-ish inquiries that we have uh, manually entered into the system. So just interactions that we've had with the public, whether that's email or calls or messages, we're manually taking those and putting them into the AskR.dot system. And so we've had about 5,000 of those. And that's been a really good um, sample size to kind of let us know what we're working with here. What are some of the common questions that people are asking? What kind of edits do we need to make to the system? And then, you know, we launched it earlier this month and it's been really well received. We've largely gotten very positive feedback on it. And I would say the number of inquiries that are organically input by the public are in the hundreds now. And we're really proud of that just in the past month. And um, we have a long way to go. We, We want to grow it a lot more. And you, and you said, too, you know, what this kind of streamlines that process, right? Of, so you guys aren't having to almost double duty. And, and that's so it's got to be really exciting to see that come to full circle there for you. But you talked about there's a little bit of survey when somebody comes through and submits a request through the Ask RDOT system. They have a survey at the end. And I know anybody, anytime you get a survey, the, the natural reaction is to want to skip it or to hang up or to be finished with it. But this actually helps you guys out a lot. Talk about that. Yes, um, we implore you to take this survey. I know everyone hates that, but it's very quick. It basically, when your ticket is resolved, you'll get an email. And at the bottom of that email, we invite you to take a survey that just simply says, was this easy for you to use? Um, do you have any feedback on it? Anything we can do better? And that really helps us to improve this system for future use because we do want to grow it. We want this to become a household name down the line where we, when when you hear Ask RDOT, you immediately know what that means. Right, definitely. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for coming on to talk with us about it. I'm super excited about it. I'm going to get logged in um, on this Ask RDOT system. I'm going to set up an account. I think everyone else should too. I think this will be great for our listeners. And thanks so much for coming on to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. And um, I, I want to just emphasize that I'm so excited about this because it's going to be mutually beneficial for the citizens of Arkansas and for the Arkansas Department of Transportation. So we're going to be able to help you get your questions answered and 
um, inform you more about what we're doing out there on our highways and interstates. But at the same time, we're going to be able to look at the kind of questions you're asking us and know, oh, wow, we're getting a lot of questions about X, Y, or Z. And then that will help us inform the decisions that we make going forward. You know, we need better messaging about X, Y, or Z. And um, so it's it's really, it's mutually beneficial and we're really excited about that. Yeah, great way for you guys to pick up on future trends and to really look into that. Yes. Ellen, every time you come on, it's a great time. Friend of the pod now, of course. <laughs> we'll, we'll be looking for more op- opportunities to have you on again. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Ben. Now let's get into our final story out of Wooster, Arkansas. And since we'll be playing Name That Sound in the open, I don't want to give too many details. Here's Andrew Morgan with more. Let's play Name That Sound. That's the constant high-pitched drone of a data mining or crypto mining facility. This particular one is just north of the small Faulkner County city of Wooster, but they are cropping up in or just outside of cities and towns across Arkansas. Entrepreneurs set up the operations, which are typically buildings filled with banks of computer servers to mine for digital currency or cryptocurrency. The servers must be cooled, and the fans used to cool them are noisy. Neighbors near the facility outside of Wooster aren't happy at all with the constant noise. It disrupts their lives and even lowers property values, says Mayor Terry Robinson. Right at the front door of that thing, if you go just a little further north, you'll look down that fence road and you'll see a nice brick home setting off the road back there. It's affected her and her, her family? Oh, Lord, yeah. Well, I don't know how loud was the noise. Did they have them char- turned down since it's cooler, or did they have them wide open? <laughs> since it's my only visit, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't know the difference. But it was, it was definitely a mid-range, high-pitch uh, drone. Yeah, you know, but her property went to zero, and she could sell it if she wanted to. The effects aren't limited to human neighbors either. You know, and the same with the next guy. He has Highland cattle, which is a kind of a unique breed. And uh, them cattle just kind of, they, they don't, they're not going to breed right. He said they just kind of congregate and mm. don't. Then the same with the guy back to the west there. He's got a herd of cattle. And he said they just get as far away from that noise as they can against the fence and just stand there and huddle up. <laughs> Buildings full of servers running 24-7 also consume massive amounts of electricity. This one is directly across the road from a power plant. That's also an issue. That's why they put them there, because they they claim that that'll use as much as 13,000 homes a month. And Mm. they have to have the power to run it, so they have to build them pretty close to it. With Act 851 of 2023, the state legislature limited how cities can respond to crypto mining operations. But cities still have leeway to exert some local control, says League General Counsel John Wilkerson. Cities aren't powerless. No, it, it yeah, on its face, it seems like it removes local control. And in, in some ways it did. But really, the way I look at it is a couple of ways. One, we didn't know anything about this industry until the bill was filed and then passed. And now that we're seeing the effects of it, we're understanding the issue even better. So... Yeah, on the face, it it looks as if it took away local control. But really, the way I look at it 
is it create a framework for how cities can um, regulate these entities once they come into the city? So can a city ban crypto? No. Can the city regulate the noise? Yes. Can the city decide where it goes if you have an industrial zone? Yes. Um, but if you don't have zoning, you know, it's going to be a little bit more challenging to, to regulate. The state's approach to crypto mining is far from settled. Just last week, a prominent state lawmaker expressed publicly his intent to revisit the issue in the next session. A few days ago, an Arkansas business headline read, Bitcoin mining outcry comes to a crescendo. This regulatory framework that can be changed in 25. So everybody knows, by the way, that this is a bill that was passed in 23. Mm-hmm. New area of law, new entity, new a lot of things. And then in 2025, we can make changes if we need it. Ultimately, most neighbors would prefer their communities to sound less like this and more like this. And that just about does it for our fall edition of the CNT podcast. We thank you so much for listening and be sure to pick up the fall edition of City and Town, which should already be in your mailboxes. The City and Town podcast is produced by Andrew Morgan and hosted by Ben Klein. For more of our great podcast, head to citytownpod.buzzsprout.com. Until next time, I'm Ben Klein. <laughs>